This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello everybody and welcome to the latest Liverpool Blood Red podcast with me, Ian Doyle, uh, here from Paris still. Uh, joining me today is our full-time Liverpool correspondent, both home and away, he's Paul Gorst. Hi Paul. Morning Ian. How are you? Tired. Hungry? Hungry. Yeah. Tired and hungry. Angry, angry. Yeah, yeah all of those uh, things. Yeah, other than that, yeah. I'm feeling good. Um, Theo, hello. We have Theo Squires as well. Theo, um, and how are you? Fed up, deflated. Uh, it's taken the sting out of it. What should have been a wonderful trip? Come on, before. Theo, we're doing a podcast here. <laughs> There's no need for that kind of attitude. Now, <laughs> right, we'll deal with the game later on. Right, we'll deal with the game later on. But we will start then with what happened before the game. Now, we got to the ground about just two and three quarter hours before wasn't it or rather we got to the about six o'clock wasn't because, it well okay let's rephrase that we left uh, the centre of Paris at about 5.45 and we used the metro and even then you could tell that something wasn't quite right because we were supposed to go and get off at one stop we were told to then get off at another one and it seems as though the police from that point onwards were funneling what they believed the Liverpool fans were all in a certain direction mm. and that, you know, we were, we were dropped off at a train station that was 25 minutes walk yeah. to the stadium yeah. at least yeah it was actually San Denis Stadium wasn't yeah, it? yeah yeah oh sorry no it was just at the France Stadium but it was nowhere near the ground no that's right yeah. and and then we actually we came up to that kind of that point where a bit later on all the fans were funneled towards that checkpoint because we needed to show our uh, media passes didn't we to get through there which we thought was a little bit odd because it was at the, even before the underpass that you know it was still another three four five minutes yeah. walk before we even got to the stadium yeah, I mean, the result's academic, isn't it? Win, lose or draw, Liverpool have had a, a brilliant season and no, I don't think anyone would have been too distraught waking up today, having lost 1-0, had it just been a normal normal game and everyone would have enjoyed the day. Um, it's, it's, <clears throat> it's sad, really. It's it's left me quite angry this morning, to be honest. I woke up and I was just thinking about the people we know who were there, who were caught up in it. You know, fellas in their 50s, you know, <clears throat> people who've, who've been watching Liverpool home and abroad for years just want to go and enjoy the day and support the team and, and getting tear gassed and pepper sprayed and it's just that I mean we've been here before haven't we um, but yeah Athens 2007 is the one that yeah, I remember. it feels like just nothing's ever been learned and, and football fans are the easy scapegoat to, to put it all on them and, and claim whatever from the authorities whether it's UEFA the, the police the French police here who I'd say were horrendous just walking around indiscriminately pepper spraying fans by the looks of things who, who were just trying to get into the, great, the game um, and then we had the, the sight of the dozens of riot police just basically watching Liverpool's end as the stoppage time ticked away um, but I mean, we have to say that they did go to the, the Real Madrid fans a bit later on yeah, when the celebrations I, were starting but they did it was pointed wasn't it that they were all uh, massed in front of the Liverpool fans whereas there was uh, only stewards in front of the Real Madrid fans yeah well, once they delayed the game by 36 minutes which was very strangely <laughs> precise wasn't it once that had happened and, and there were still fans who weren't in the ground when the game kicked off it kind of just took the wind out of the sails I think and just thought well I just thought anyway win, lose or draw the story's already been written here and it's one no one wanted to, to hear really it was it's just um, yeah it's just so 
deflating, but I'm, I'm also very angry about it as well. I mean, a couple of things we have to say to you in defence of the whole day as a whole is when we were on the train going to the ground as we were going through the, the stations, the fans were really, really, you know, they, they were giving us songs, this, that and the other. And I don't know about you, but I actually saw some of them were joking with the police. Oh, yeah, they, 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 they were yeah. joking yeah. with the police. And there didn't seem to be any kind of problems. I mean, we all... The train staff as well. Yeah, yeah. We, all went, we all went to the uh, the fan zone before the game. I think you even got the stage. Mercifully, you didn't give us a song. <laughs> not least because... I'm, sure not, not I'm not entirely <laughs> sure you know any other than whatever Bolton's anthem is. Um, but, you know, it, then... The atmosphere was fantastic, wasn't it? And everybody was was like ready for the game. It was very much like, you know, I was at Shevchenko, went to uh, went to Kiev in uh, 2018, Shevchenko Park, and the Madrid the following year. And it was very much like that, you know. People were there, even though the people who, because there was no obviously there was no way that everybody got got a ticket for the game. Again, something we'll come on to in a bit, but. The majority of fans, in fact, all of the fans there that we saw in that fan zone, they were great when they were walking around town and we saw them around town, certainly on the day of the game. There was no issues whatsoever. No, it was like the French have been so welcoming to fans all weekend. Like, you think every time we got in a taxi, you're having a little joke with the taxi driver, and he's like, red or white. Yeah. And they're all interested in the game, asking if you've got tickets, and just absorbing the atmosphere. It's like a big occasion to host this sort of game. And you know, having little jokes with staff when you go into the game, and then you have that atmosphere at the fan zone. Fans just loving it. No trouble whatsoever. No trouble in town. Even when we went to that big park, you know, and we were walking through to the station, and there were so many fans there, and you think you've seen times before where that sort of occasion the bottles will be thrown or something none of that at all they were so well behaved and then you get onto the metro and you're like oh you've got to get off here you think it was really cramped on the metro mm. as well and then I mean the, that's to be expected in a way yeah that's yeah. to be expected I'm not having to go that that's the fact that the fans were so well behaved on those metros looking after each other saying make room offering up their seat like, there was mm. that little girl um in the pram yeah. you could have easily been screaming in this yeah. but like, her mother was just enjoying the occasion and seeing these fans making sure they're actually looking after her making sure she wasn't getting squashed or anything Liverpool fans were so well behaved from what we saw and then you get to the stadium and it's just like turns like that it's so bizarre and there's not really any reason for it like I know you'll see footage of fans climbing fences the, the records will go against Liverpool fans if you want to make this point and be difficult about it and say Athens they've got this reputation well no they don't they have put in this position because for whatever reason the French police cornered them to this little corner didn't let them in the ground it's like they've dictated things and it's made it so difficult for them like you can look at everything and go hang on that doesn't seem right like Real Madrid's fan zone 6,000 fans right near the stadium Liverpool fans having to travel half an hour across town despite the fact there was going to be 40, 50,000 of them there so all these little things add up and then we get this horrible instance at the stadium it's all very odd I mean we also have to bear in mind that obviously Paris only got off uh, got awarded the game three months ago because obviously St Petersburg were uh, going to take the game and for obvious reasons with Russia they weren't able to do that and normally I think you wait for a, I think is it 12 or 15 months that they permit for you know to, for people to be the you know host venues to be ready for the game however having said that this is you know France Stade de France they host big games all the time yeah. you know it's, it's a <clears> national <throat> stadium and I know Theo you I'll come back to you of course in a second I know Theo you were at the European Championship final in 2020 uh, sorry 2020 Euro 2020 final in, 20, in 2021 and there there was trouble but that was almost a little bit different in the sense that you have to bear in mind what the situation was people were just coming out of lockdown you know they hadn't had the game for a, you know basically they kind of been lulled in that false sense of security because of the actual crowds at Wembley would go for like 20, 30, 40, 50 and then it was a much bigger one but again Ghost from UEFA's point of view 
the fact that they came out with that statement straight away yeah. in English that said that it, they blamed the arrival of late fans which weirdly because I was speaking to somebody else and it, the French and Spanish translation said it was due to security uh, problems which wasn't quite the same as blaming yeah. late fans they then changed it a bit later on and changed it initially to security uh, to, to the same message about security and then a little bit later on they started blaming ticketless fans yeah yeah I um, I seen a an official statement from the French police authorities after the game standing in the mix zone it was in French obviously but a, a guy who was next to me I spoke French so he, he read that out to me and they were just trying to appropriate blame onto the fans I think ticketless fans was the, the phrase I mean <clears throat> it's easy to do that in the way because you're not actually naming course, a single yeah, yeah. individual it's just, it's just and you can just to collectively just go yeah well it must have been their fault yeah just a collective body and, just, 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 and you don't know how many are ticketless either like, or, or well, whether it's fakes and stuff well, like... we, we've spoken to loads of fans over the course of the weekend haven't we we know loads of fans who've gone you know speaking to loads of fans in the build up to it just the, the, you know, the excitement starts to generate I haven't had one person say I haven't got a ticket but I'm, I'm going to sign my luck or you know I've got this black one but I'm going <coughs> to give it a go don't know anyone at all well, the fans, so yeah. just enjoy that I mean there were step. people who feared you know we know with one that feared that they were about to buy a fake tickets so they were in circulation yeah. and some fans would have been caught out by that but then that's not their fault is it you know so yeah. I can, you can see why the French authorities wanted to check the tickets before they got near the stadium to check for, for uh, you know for fake ones but there's ways and means of doing it and the fact that they did it that way when you compare by the way we're going to have to mention this the Real Madrid fans got there and they didn't seem to have any issues. <coughs> now, they were all in, I don't, in good time, weren't they? Yeah, and it's, 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 it's and it wasn't just because they got there early. There are obviously other reasons for it. I'm pretty sure that their security protocols were not the same as what were given to Liverpool fans. Even if it, they were expecting more Liverpool fans than Real Madrid fans, which obviously even in the stadium itself, in, in the neutral areas, was majority Liverpool. Yeah, you don't know how much, as you mentioned there, the Euro 2020 final has played in the, the collective thinking of the, the French authorities. Maybe it's just blanket English football fans. I mean, I wasn't there at Wembley last summer, but I think they all will probably vouch for me when I say that. I think a fair few people let themselves down, didn't they? Mm. This was a bit different because I haven't seen any kind of unrest other than just fans wanting to get in and being pepper sprayed and tear gassed and all kinds. And it shouldn't be happening, should it? Kids, the, the kids in, in there getting caught up in it all and I've spoken to probably 10 to 12 fans since last night and, and they've all kind of told me a similar story it was horrendous the worst thing they've ever experienced and a lot of them are thinking twice about coming away to, to European away again which is a, a massive shame and it happened in Benfica as well and it's not mm. quite as as aggressive in terms of the, the, the pepper sprays and the tear gases and whatever else but I spoke to a few people after that game and uh, similar thing the kick off was it delayed or were they, were they in 10 15 minutes late weren't they quite a lot of fans um, heavy handed kind of aggressive antagonistic policing um, it's just a massive shame and it's it's cast a shadow o- over the weekend for me and you know even if Liverpool were European champions this morning we'd, we'd still have to be reflecting on this and it's just a massive shame yeah, Theo. I mean, obviously, I know some people, as Gorsley did, that were here, that were here, and you know, we, we spoke to them as well before the game, actually, on the Friday night, which again was perfect. You know, it was a great atmosphere, wasn't it? It was loads yeah. of Liverpool fans, there were Real Madrid fans. There was no issues whatsoever. And to be fair, we're not even suggesting there's any problem with Real Madrid fans. Liverpool were in 2018. There was nothing. <coughs> no, there was nothing untoward. In fact, the only, the only, as you said, the only antagonizer was by 
the police towards the Liverpool fans that they kept there. I mean, there was there was reports. I've seen the pictures as well of of people being crushed up against fences. I know somebody who had to yeah. who had to escape by climbing over one and help Alan Kennedy, of course, who scored the winner here, 1981 against Real Madrid in, in the European Cup final. Helped them over. I mean, and they didn't even get into the game in the end. They had tickets. They paid 125 pounds for the privilege of getting nowhere near the stadium. And then when they were going back to the when they decided to give up, they went back to get a taxi, and they had to wait for a while and, and, and go. Actually, to be fair, they said they had to go hiding somewhere because those people who were then returned to the taxis were getting mugged by. Yeah. Presumably, locals. We don't know that for sure, but presumably it would be. And Sky Sports did do a report. I think it was actually during the game uh, where they said, "Look, this is yeah, what happened." Well, yeah. yeah, this is what happened, and they reported that there were some locals who were trying to scale the fences and get in, get in for nothing. So it's. Leaves a bad taste, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. Like we mentioned the Euros, and that one there wasn't enough police in, but it was a horrible atmosphere on Wembley Way right, right from the off. You knew something yeah. wasn't going to happen. You didn't think it would be to that scale of fans <coughs> charging to get in their way in the stadium. But there were no fences to climb there. They really, they were just barging their way in and then stealing seats inside, and it was just shambolic because it wasn't controlled pro- properly. This was almost the other way. There was too much police there for what was needed. Like we said, Real Madrid didn't have any issues. And Liverpool fans, it seems more like it was almost the fears of Hillsborough. Like they were fearing that crush. They were climbing stuff for the safety. They were worrying but about... Was, we have to bear in mind, it was a very confined space. It was, we, it was tiny. We, we walked down there as well, yeah. So like We had the privilege of, privilege of it being all open. Yeah. Rather than being funneled down the middle, yeah. there's only, what, two lanes. And like, well, it wasn't massively busy when we were going there because Liverpool fans who were arriving at the same time as us would have been going for a few drinks before they were going inside and it's just I think the fear you could see on the videos we've seen the tears from kids and like this is supposed to be this famous European day this glamour city and all that and it's just left a sour taste in it all and it's and in the Instagram age, they, you, they can't really hide, can they? No. And also, there's also, unfortunately, for the authorities and the people and, and the people who are now going to be accused of, of, of wrongdoing, um, the police is the media got caught up in it. The English media, or you know, a lot of you know, some people that we know, and they were actually doing like live reporting from it, saying, "Look, this has definitely just happened." I mean, there was a report. Was it of a photographer who was taken to one side and said, "Stop yeah. taking pictures"? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, may been, it may have been a video sure. person, yeah, but I can't remember. It was certainly an, an image-based journalist. Um, so, even before, I mean, I wrote the piece, to be fair, I wrote it and finished it just before the game, just after the game kicked off, basically saying about what we were talking before about UEFA and their narrative. They were already trying to change the way things were viewed, and you know, they've flip flopped on that one twice since then, actually. Um, but the first it, message is already out exactly, there. Exactly, so yeah. yeah so that's it, that's what that's it. And, you know, were this. You know, let's be honest. Were there some people there without tickets? Well, there would have been because they're always, you know, almost every game has got people who are trying to chance it, but not to the extent that it requires that kind of security. And there was that many that were going to be there to try and cause trouble. No, it's just nonsense. Yeah, like we said, the atmosphere was fine. There was no hint of anyone wanting to cause trouble. Certainly not Liverpool fans. They were just singing their songs, enjoying the day, wanting to celebrate this incredible season. Like Gorsty said, really the result is academic it didn't matter how this game ended up if you take all the trouble away because it has been a magnificent season for Liverpool and you've just got to hope that the fans will cherish the fan park memories they'll cherish the parade later today and it's a celebration of the season rather than letting this be the dampener The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo Everyone I've spoken to since full time no one said 
oh, well, if you'd have made that change a bit earlier, you know, if you would have covered at the left back, you know, there's been no talk of football. It's all just how horrendous the experience was heading into the game, and that's not the way it should be. Should it, whether you win, you lose, or you draw, you you know, enjoy the fallout from it. You talk about what happened during the game, and like we probably should be doing now, but it's just, as you say, it's just it's just cast a long shadow overall. And, and I think a lot of social media companies have got to be a bit more responsible as well because I've seen seen one prominent football account with millions of followers tweeting um, Liverpool fans um, jumping over the fences to try and get in the game for free and it was a video of, of one fan one single fan um, while the rest were kind of locked out well you know now though if, if one person does something that means everybody's well, done it yeah, that, 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 that's the same for everything solely just to attract the the um, anger, anger and the hits, the hits from basically. all the fan bases yeah. and, and at a time when you see stuff like this it could be any club couldn't it, it could be any fan base it just like, it's it's a a city, fan. Yeah. Because because like in locals and stuff. It happens to Liverpool more often because, let's be perfectly honest, Liverpool have been to more European Cup finals than, by, by far than any other English team. It's just, it's tra- just the tribalism of it all. It's just horrible. It's just, it just trumps absolutely everything, no matter how. You know, it should be a unified thing. The football sports is whoever you support. I'm looking at that thing, and that, that's a bit. That's, out, that, out that's, that's more the world we live in today, isn't it? I know. And the, the, uh, the, the, that, that's what I'm saying about these yeah. big social media. If a lot of idiots, faceless idiots, want to say stuff, then you know you kind of you just ignore that. But when you see these accounts with millions of followers trying to soak up a bit of all that, it's just it's just not. And, and that, that's where it all kind of snowballs from. All that, all that kind of horrible mindset. And the interesting thing for me is that I think UEFA fined Liverpool for a late kickoff for a couple of minutes of. For the Benfica game, was it away from home? So I mean, what they're gonna are they gonna find themselves for the late kickoff, or they're just gonna ignore they're, they're that? They've put a few, by the way. Yeah, absolutely furious that, that the late arrival of fans has tried to be passed off as the excuse. Absolutely livid. I mean, leaving Liverpool's coach got caught a bit trouble, mm-hmm. didn't it? It didn't seem to have any kind of police escort. Whereas we saw the Real Madrid one had a nice, easy passage to the, uh, you know, to the to the stadium. I mean. You know, with the same thing happening to the fans, it must surely be coincidence, mustn't it, Paul? That Liverpool and Real Madrid appear to have been treated differently. Right, we'll we'll, we'll stop that there before I say something that probably gets me. Anyway, um, there was a game, Theo. Yeah. Liverpool lost one nil. Yeah. Um, I said about 15 minutes to go that Real Madrid are 15 minutes away from Real Madrid in their way to a 14th European Cup. The reality is, Liverpool did score. Real Madrid did. Both had 50% possession, and Klopp made a point afterwards saying that look, we had nine shots on target. They had one. I think Liverpool had 23 shots at goal overall. But if you take everything away, the reason Liverpool didn't win is because the Real Madrid goalkeeper had one of the best games of his career. Yeah, he said um, in the, the post-match press conference that he was going to give his life to win the Champions League, and that's what he's managed. Thibaut Courtois was superb. Like, I think we can recall, we were recalling it on the taxi back when we, we finally did talk about football. There must have been three or four saves. We think, wow, how how's he done that? There was definitely three. There was definitely yeah. three. Yeah, yeah. like the, the one that hits the post from Mane. Yeah. Like that, that's going right in the bottom corner, and he said he's used his full height just to get down to that and get a strong hand on it. The one from Salah in the second half, that, that's the strongest of hands to not only stop it going in the corner, but getting it over the bar as well. And then there's like the little flicks where he's managed to get down low. Uh, he is one of the best goalkeepers in the world. We saw that when he was with Chelsea and now you're seeing it today. Uh, it's nine shots on target and he's managed to have an answer for all of them. And it's not as though you're thinking, oh, Liverpool missed a good chance there. They should have scored that. The only one you can maybe think is, should Salah square it when yeah. he, uh, Courtois gets the strong hand to it? But then you look at the replay and where Alaba is, he probably gets a block on the cross. You think 
Salah on his week of foot, he's still going to shoot. We've seen him score from that position against Man City and Watford earlier in the season. But there's nothing like saying, ah, oh, Liverpool deserved more or they, it was their own fault. They just couldn't get past Courtois because he was in that good a form. He was fully deserving of man of the match. And it's how they've got to the final with him making so many saves, then basically Real Madriding it to the final. The narrative for the game was already done. As soon as like Liverpool missed those early chances because they couldn't find past get way past him, and Real Madrid came into it a bit more, you knew it would only take one chance. They'd take that chance and then they'd probably win. Sure enough, that's what happened. Look, Ghosty, we're going to have to mention what happened before the game again. It's purely because that, as you made mention of it before, or hinted it, it just influenced the feeling in the Liverpool end. There was hardly a song come out of them yeah. in the first half. And there was a brief part, and funny enough, it was just before Raymond had scored. There was a brief you know, time where they were, they were given some chants and some of the you know, familiar songs that all the fans will know. But other than that, they were very quiet because. To be honest, they were probably still looking at each other, going, "Did you have that problem outside that we had?" And, and people were, you know, because we know from from social media and you know, and, and WhatsApp and whatever have you, that people can get stay in touch with each other very easily these days. They'll all be worried about people that they know outside. Well, yeah, exactly. It, it was it was a, not not the usual noise from the Liverpool end, was it? You know, you'd expect to hear all all the hits and. Well, the, the funny thing was when they played, you'll never walk alone before the initial scheduled start of the game, which was would have been about. The game was supposed to start at 9, as we said, it started at 9.36, so about 8.40 they played in Never Walk Alone. There was only about 40% Liverpool fans in there. Yeah. You could barely hear them singing it, and most of them just didn't want it. Yeah, it, it, everything just kind of contributed, didn't it, to a pretty lousy night. Um, the the bus turned up later, I'm mm. already been there 15, 20 minutes. Some of their players were on the pitch, as, as we were seeing images of Liverpool's bus basically blocked in the middle of the road. Um, so that that doesn't help the preparation. Um, I think I think Henderson said that in the mix on a full time. Uh, it wasn't used as an excuse. You, just, you know, stuff like that doesn't help. Doesn't help both sides, obviously. But then all the the the, the delay kick off. Um, and the players were aware that some of their families were caught up. In well, it as yeah, well. Robert said like himself. Yeah, didn't he, Robertson, Robertson said that, hasn't he? Um, just, just quotes that are out later today. Um, some of his mates were caught up in it and. He said that none of the players had the phone, so they weren't really checking. But it was there in the mind that some of, some of the families are having trouble getting in. Um, and then there was this stuff with Thiago, Willie Wonty, that mm. was a bit, bit unsettling as well, wasn't it? For supporters, as all the noises going around over is he injured? What's going on with them? Um, so just everything contributed towards the worst possible preparation, really. And then you've got to go and play Real Madrid. So. Um, after the 63 game season, so I think the sixth, I think the fact that it was the 63rd game that kind of showed in the last 15 minutes. I think Liverpool looked not so much tired in terms of legs, but a little bit tired in terms of the ideas. Yeah, I don't think there was a belief that Liverpool in the Liverpool team that they could go and win that. To be honest, at a certain point, um, it certainly that, wasn't there at the start. Yeah, normally Liverpool are fearless, aren't they? Whoever they play, they just go and, and play their own game, whether it's Man City or Real Madrid or whoever. But there was just a. The, the, maybe the occasion of it all too many players turned in ordinary performances um, and it's hard enough trying to beat Real Madrid isn't it we've seen this season that we've said every round that they're there for the taking and, and evidently they're not they're the champions of Europe they've just won La Liga and it's supposed to be a team who are in transition so it's just what Real Madrid do I guess isn't it it's interesting as well Theo that people listening to this podcast now I'd say that the people who are more of the worldwide, the global fan base, who haven't got the opportunity to go to the games and go to games like this, will probably wonder why we spent almost all of this podcast mm. talking about 
what happened outside the stadium, what happened even after the game where people were getting, we've heard stories of people getting attacked after the game by, again, presumably local youth, they were getting getting run at by, and we, we got told, didn't we, that when we were leaving, which was a long, long time after the game had finished, like obviously, two, wasn't it? yeah, well, we got told to be careful because there were reports of, of people being mugged, so it compared that to the match-going supporters, certainly the ones who would have had a chance to go in here or were here, all they'll be talking, as Gorsi said, all they'll be talking about now is what happened before the game and what happened in the game rather than what happened in it. And there'll be people, other people will be going, well, why aren't you just talking about the game? And that shows you the impact of what happened and how it has it influenced the night totally. For yeah. the people who were here, we of course then influenced the game. Yeah, the game was an afterthought um, when you had the delayed kick-off and we had to, oh, 8.36, 9.36, because we got to listen to this performance. The fans were like, oh, can we just get the football underway so then we can go home? She wasn't very happy, was she? She wasn't. She had a little <laughs> moan, didn't she, on social yeah. media and then deleted it. It's probably her agent went, um, you probably shouldn't really be doing that. Two of the biggest She's not due a lip anyway. No, that's right, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's like, it, it, the football was an afterthought. It's, you wanted it out the way and it's just like, more worrying about your friends, your family there. Uh, I, I've had a few text messages, and obviously I've not got many text messages. Uh, not WhatsApp messages. Sorry. I've not got <laughs> what any. What year I, is this again? I've not got any relatives <laughs> here or anything, but I know you, you've got your brother out here. You've got people you've grown up out here. Yeah. I have a few colleagues and stuff, but you're still wanting to check on them, make sure they got home okay, the fact that they got to the stadium okay. That that, that is your primary concern. It's like it could have gone worse but that is the one great thing that it didn't go worse we just it's a horrible experience and, and it did probably didn't go worse because the fans knew to behave yeah they didn't get sucked into what could have been a more difficult situation than it already they was they behaved as well as they could and went along with everything that the authorities were doing to get in the stadium and then when they knew they weren't going to get in some of them went home as mm. you, know, you mentioned earlier and it, they've just been treated appallingly and now they're trying to be scapegoated for it by UEFA. It's just it leaves a very foul taste in the mouth, as we've already mentioned. It left a horrible atmosphere in the stadium. Like Liverpool fans had the wings clipped. They weren't going to make that noise because they were in the stadium and they didn't really want to be there. They were just worrying about yeah. friends and yeah. family. It's a very surreal experience. It didn't feel like a Champions League final. We've spent all the week building up to this, talking about, oh, it's this big tie, it's a big city, looking forward to it, it's the big occasion, it's what UEFA should want, it's what Europe should want. And it's just left this horrible taste in the mouth, and it's like, yeah, sour the whole experience. You just got to hope that it parades this final celebration now. Yeah, I, I hope in time that the kind of overriding images of Paris is, is the, the fan park rather than the game. Because mm. the fan park was brilliant, man. Yeah. We, we were there, we were backstage. We, we were, I mean, at one point, Michael Edwards is in front of us doing yeah. air guitar <laughs> for the Lightning Seeds, wasn't it? And that was a bit of a surreal, like, is this actually happening moment? And they were all on the bottles of Heineken, and it was just a brilliant atmosphere. The, the Anfield rap guys were there, and, and Redmen TV, and, and a few others. And it was just a, a celebration, man. And I think it was, just, it was a celebration of the season, you know, whether whatever happens later on in the game, that this is us, that this is. This is our people, our fans, and whatever, and it was brilliant. Um, so I hope that when the stuff settles and whenever that's going to be later in the summer, that people remember that rather than the, the there was 50,000 Liverpool fans there who were all enjoying it, and there was a, you know a few hundred who who were being subjected to horrendous treatment. So I hope in time that Paris, the, the fan park, is the the thing, but. There's no getting away from it, and, and there shouldn't be. But um, just once again, football fans just being treated like like muck by the people in power. Anything to add to that? 
says it quite well. We could go on not a day about how it's been appalling experience now, they've been treated badly, but what we're saying is what everyone here has experienced, is what they've seen. It's a good thing that we are in the social media age where the media can cover it properly and show that this is the video footage of it, this is what has exactly happened and UEFA aren't going to be allowed to win with their messages, the French police aren't going to be able to win with their messages, the true story is out there and thankfully no one got badly hurt. Every Liverpool fan will be going home safe and sound and go and hug their loved ones and just move on from this experience, enjoy the summer and then we go again in August. Not the way to end this season though, was it? When you <laughs> no, consider no. everything that's it's happened. Been, it's been a brilliant season. <clears throat> I was, I've, I've been saying that for months. I think I was saying it back in back in January when Liverpool got to the Carabao Cup final and thinking, well, they've already beat United 5 They lost they, four they, games they, in 63. They, they, they beat United 4-1. They, 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 at the time, they'd only lost two games. It was just... Um, How great the FA Cup semi-final was in the sun. Yeah. That mm. first half, the fans loving that occasion. The so we read anything into the fact that they didn't score in three finals or... It's because it's at least two of those games the, the, the opposition goalkeeper had a great game absolutely no, well they're obviously playing yeah. better teams aren't they mm. Mendy was great in the, the Carabao Cup final and Quartar was superb I think there was a, a dodgy disallowed goal in the, the League Cup final yeah. Yeah. a loose Salah to injury in the FA Cup final <sighs> yeah. Yeah, I mean I had a Tottenham fan on to me saying you know, how could you celebrate when you've, you've not scored in three finals and I said well Tottenham didn't and they didn't win two trophies so <laughs> well, yeah, there you go Um yeah, I, I think me and Neil Jones were trying to think of the games Liverpool haven't scored in last night, and I think it's only six, and three of them are the finals. Um, so that, that's let's hope that changes next season. What are the other ones? Leicester and Inter Milan. Leicester, too. Inter, and um, Arsenal nil nil. Oh yeah, League Cup. Yeah. yeah. And on that goalless bombshell, I think we'll finish. Um, safe travels, everybody's coming back. Uh, going back to wherever you're heading we'll be heading off soon and we will be speaking again when are we next podcast we just seem to be doing this all the time now. it'll be tomorrow it'll be Friday won't it? oh, tomorrow, yeah. I reckon it might be tomorrow now. well <sighs> maybe see you on Monday Put cheerio bones out again <laughs> <laughs> you've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo